G'day everybody and welcome to the 5th Quarter Podcast, episode 20. Kick the winning score, hear the mighty roar, hold up, they're in the top four. So uh, once again I'm here <laughs> with the... Uh, with the, hey, Sorry, <laughs> you distracted me with a laugh. <laughs> once, I'm, once again I'm here with the... when it Even when it's wet, we're still a threat, West Coaster. That's it. <laughs> That's Brent. Finally. And then other bombers back, Essendonian Ben. Uh, maybe. Um, let's see how we go. Let's, let's get some consistency going first, boys. I'm the fence at the moment. Um, yeah, a little bit. I, I'm Nathan, the final straw Frio supporter, and uh, we're your fifth quarter <laughs> team. So it was a challenging week in the tipping this week, uh, which I guess is happening every week. But we saw Justin take the round by the margin alone with Raj, Paul, and Ash all rounding out the week with a six. So good tipping everybody with sixes. Uh, a few of us got fives and some fours and a few zeros to those who have forgotten to tip for a couple of weeks. Oh, so, at le- <laughs> <got zero>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it leaves the ladder looking pretty much exactly like it's looked for the last 16 rounds uh, with Paul in first, mm-hmm. myself in second, and Ben in third. Um there's still a chance for you guys to catch up, so I mean it's it's tight around Maybe. the middle, so so we can that, change up true. the pick. I think Paul's uh, out in front probably though. Yeah, it's it's a fight for fourth, really. Um, you know, you yes. never know. You might be might be able to to, to catch up to, to myself, maybe even Nathan. But Paul's out way out in front. So yeah, Paul, kudos, Paul's kudos to Paul. Four clear. Well, we saw um, Geelong going from three games in front to one. So that's true. You never know. That's true. You never know. Yep. yep. Paul, just make sure you don't miss a week, otherwise it could come crashing down. <laughs> That's true. So, so as always, we're proudly brought to you by Podcast Central and Survival First Aid Kits. So Survival First Aid Kits have helped millions of customers worldwide to prepare themselves for those times of need. Unlike Ross Lyon at the Frio Footy Club, with Survival First Aid Kits, when you're in a pinch, you've got just what you need to stop the bleeding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Which I figured I figured I'd better take a dig. We're always having a dig at the worst clubs in the comp, and Frio right now is probably one of the worst club clubs. So I thought it was about time they were due. Carlton served their served their survival first aid kit banter for a while now. So and north, I suppose. Yeah, got to north, get Gold Coast into Gold Coast. it now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, any club that decides to be woefully out of form is basically up for. Being the next target to survive. Quarter, yeah, they're, they're ripe for the pickings. Yeah. Liam pickings, if you will. We can see if they survive all first aid kits. And um, we'll, jump, we'll jump straight into heroes and villains. No mucking around. We're going to go straight to, uh, I guess, the first segment of all of our shows. Anyone want to kick us off with a hero and villain? Yeah, I'll go first. So my hero this week is the Brisbane Lions, and I'm glad they uh, they got a mention in the title. Because they're fourth boys, and they're—I mm. think they've just proven that they're real. Yeah, they—they they seem to be the actual real deal. Um, they—they're actually knocking off content other contenders yeah. at the moment as well. Away from home. Oh yeah, away from home. Um, the Gabba is an absolute force now, as back when it was, you know, fifteen, twenty odd years ago. Yeah. Um, they could do it. They could. Really, just surprise everyone and knock knock it all off. I'd be surprised if well, I would be surprised if they did go the whole way, but 
the fact that they're top four this late in the season, it's yeah. still it's a close, it's a tight season. But I mean, they're knocking off contenders and they're winning the games. The last three, four years have been tight yeah. seasons, so they just need to close the gap on their best and worst. But I think oh, at the need to do that. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there, there's a at least what ten to twelve clubs yeah. that need to do that. Yeah, or or and then the other ones need to actually find their best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this I will get to it in the, the second half of this podcast, but they they've got a good test this week as well against uh, Port Adelaide in Adelaide, and if they can pass that, then I don't see them losing too many games the remainder of the year. Given the way Adelaide are playing, it's be hard to not pick Brisbane. You'd think. No, there's Port Adelaide, not Adelaide. Port, Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide. Yeah, yeah. Either way. And then <laughs> and, and then of the remaining five, sorry, six fixtures, four of them are at the Gabba. So well, there you go. I they've, mean, you, they've got three in a row as well. Yeah. Given how terrible they've been the last few years, like they're getting, they've had a relatively good draw, which is that's that's true. But yeah. I mean, they're beating really good teams as well. It's not like they're just beating up Carlton seven yeah. times a year. Yeah. Well, they're playing them twice, and they didn't even beat Carlton the last yeah, time exactly. they played them. So there you go. <laughs> it's uh. It's actually been since that moment that they've gone on a run of three and pretty convincing wins as well. Yeah. Maybe that was the sort of like little mini wake-up call yeah. during the season. It was like, oh, hang on a minute. We lost to Carlton. No, 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 no. We're not that team again. We're never going to be that team again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, good pick. I like that hero. Cool. Uh, and my villain is um, the Gold Coast Suns. Not for anything they've done on the field, which... They haven't really Isn't done a whole much. lot of anything to, <laughs> yeah. to uh, vilify, I guess. Yeah. But it's actually for their sort of approach to, I guess, I don't know, I guess begging for a priority pick. They want the number one pick in the draft. So no matter where they finish, they want number – well, they'll probably finish last, who knows. But they want the number one pick. And a famous yep. quote from, I think it was either Stewie Jew or Tony Cochran said, I'll become a 6,000-pound gorilla. I was hoping it was Stewie Jew because he's sort of already halfway there. I was just about to say <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> but it was Tony and the exact quote that sort of got me really rolled up, probably rolled up on the inside, but I'm just trying to, oh, here it is. So he says, I don't think there would be any fair-minded person who would say that nine years at the bottom isn't time to give genuine assistance. Can anyone tell me when Gold Coast haven't received genuine assistance from the AFL. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know how you could be brave enough to come out and say that. Yeah. There, there's uh, I mean, been 9 could... years of genuine insi- assistance. Yeah. There's actually probably been more like 12 years 12 of genuine, years assistance. genuine assistance. Yeah. <laughs> Tardis O'Reilly summed it up so well like 3 years ago. He said both clubs were handed the keys to a Ferrari. GWS just didn't crash theirs into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's the difference. And realistically, they, like Gold Coast crashed theirs into the tree on the first turn. Yeah. Or even like just they they were at the starting gate, and then instead of going forward, they reversed back into the tree. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and now they're just throwing some petrol on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's already on fire, so they figured you know in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, I mean, the fact <laughs> they've had all this talent come in, and then they say they have a hard time keeping it, yet they want the number one pick. Yeah. Assuming that the number one pick will stay as well. That they've had. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Mm. it's just mind-boggling that they think they haven't 
being given every little bit of assistance possible. Meanwhile, there was Brisbane who was suffering yep. pretty much at the same rate and getting nothing ignored. Absolutely nothing. Getting absolutely I can't even... zero help. I can't even imagine what it would be like in any other sport if the worst team in the comp started asking for the, uh, I guess, the administration of the competition to help them out. Um, it's it's kind of mind blowing to think that you would stoop that low, where you couldn't couldn't get out on your own or or have enough talent within your club or enough like people. The coaching staff are paid pretty well, and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it shows the kind of faith they have in their ability if they're having to turn to the AFL for a little bit more help. Yeah, especially going, we don't know what we're doing. Please help us more yeah. so. And yeah. it's not like it's not like the number one pick means you're going to have the best player in the comp or from that oh, from that awesome. draft pool. No, so, yeah. we've seen Carlton fail to do it time and time and time again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and given that the AFL sent the former boss. Not the boss of the AFL, but what was his name? David Evans? Uh, David Evans was the boss of uh, Essendon. It was Ron Evans before Demetrio and McLaughlin. No, whoever was the... It was one of the operations managers or something in the AFL and they sent them to be the chairman of Gold Coast or president of Gold Coast. Fairly sure it was. Like, go save this team. Go save this club. Or am I... Living in dreamland. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sure. To be completely honest, I stopped paying attention to Gold Coast. Yeah, I, I clearly don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's my villain. That's just mind-boggling, to be honest. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, well, my hero is mainly because Brent didn't want to seem as biased as he already is. Um, <laughs> yeah, I made Ben. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm essentially my hero. I'm I'm taking Brent's hero so that I can be Brent's hero by taking his hero. Um, it's Brad. This Shepherd. sounds like an Enrique Iglesias song or something. <laughs> yeah, the all Australian back pocket. Yeah, Brad Shepherd. Brad Shepherd, all Australian BP. Um, he did play an absolute blinder against Frio. But so did like. A uh, twenty, uh, yeah. Twenty-one other West Coast players. Yeah, like Nat Natashui. Um, but he did have like eighty. Uh, what was it eighty? No, that's his season. His season average is eighty-two percent disposal efficiency. That's how good he's going at the moment. Um, it was actually only sixty-four last week, so he's actually he's actually dipped a little bit. But um, like almost every single one of his disposals was in the back pocket, in the defensive back pocket. Um, he had. Seven marks. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I was, just, fight, I was thinking yeah. as opposed to the forward back pocket. <laughs> forward back, yeah, the forward yeah, back pocket. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's four defensive players now, so you might as well call it a forward back pocket. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And they've got your circuit breakers in and in, in your center half, uh, your center half back. So they're basically forward half backs. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's all topsy turvy. Well done, Gillen. Um, but he got, but you know, he had 512 meters gained, 11 pressure acts, um, 11 rebound 50s as well. Uh, do like, and we all talk about McGovern and and Hearn in that defensive line, but Brad Shepard, I think, is easily one of their most um, very, important players down there as it's well. Very quickly becoming rated. 
yeah <laughs> from being very very underrated oh for sure um and just as a like so his season average is like 350 meters gained um five rebound 50s a game uh just looking i'm just looking at his stats at the moment not um, to mention you can't name a player who's had a good game on him that is true yeah Na- I name, don't reckon I could he, name anyone he, who did play on him. <laughs> does yeah, it, I don't know if he had a opponent against Freo, but no, they they were defending themselves. Yeah, did, I, it, um, I don't think the ball got down there. That um, that second quarter was astounding. Not only because it was the the heavens opened up and it was like, well, we'll be lucky if there's two goals kicked this quarter and West Coast kick eight or something. Yeah. But when Frio were kicking into the forward line, you actually could see their forwards stopped leading and McGovern and Barras and Hearn were marking uncontested. Yeah, that's what happens every week, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, side note, Barras should also be a hero for the amazing photo that he took. He get up, yeah. the, oh, man, that was brilliant. McGovern was there as well doing it, but Barras just, he owned it. Yeah. He... Bloody owned it. It was magnificent. Um, but I'm waffling on now. Uh, so I'll move on to my villain who... Um, for three weeks in a row. For three weeks in a row, I've talked about Essendon. Uh, and I'll do it again, but this time in a villainous manner. And it's Zach Clark, who came up... <laughs> who who was a Ruckman, who came up against no Ruckman and still lost. Um, <laughs> that's that's just how terrible he is. Um yep. Uh, who and was I, actually, I, who was his direct opponent? Alir Alir. Oh, yeah, right. Who okay. had who, a random trio who, of Alir Alir. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. And yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then. Sam Reed, someone else. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Alir Alir had like a half-hour session with Dean Cox during the week, and apparently that's enough to beat Zach Clark. That's all you need. <laughs> It's yeah. terrible. I, I, I had a, a guy at work tell me a very interesting stat. At um, at three-quarter time, Zach Clark had uh, one disposal, which was a handball, and yeah. minus six metres gained. <laughs> wow. He handballed it back six metres? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm surprised he handballed it that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he knew how to handball. Um, it so, so in my eyes, I'm like, you're... And funnily enough, in the last quarter when Essendon actually started to get a bit of a jump on Sydney, like they still only won by 10 points, but they were playing at a much better, at, at the Essendon, the Essendon game style was was in, almost in full effect, finally, yeah. in the final term. Um, much the same as, as it was against GWS. And it, and it came to be because they took Zach Clark out of the ruck and put him in the back line, to put Hooker forward, and put McKernan in the ruck. It's yeah. like you, you actually take Zach Clark out of the game, and oh, wow, they actually managed to get the ball and start kicking a goal, start kicking goals. <laughs> yeah, that, to be fair, that sort of happened at Freo as well. And, so, I, I mean, I yeah, get it. You, he, want, you want a ruckman in there, but, I mean, if it's going to cost you the game, don't have that kind of a ruckman in there. Yeah. Yeah, he's not... He's not a massively influential guy to Ruckman, so he's uh, not, he's just I I I'm, and, 
it was funny because the, before the game even started, I'm like, okay, this is this is either where Zach Clark just absolutely dominates and you know Essendon end up winning by like five six goals and we're all good, or this is where Zach Clark gets really found out, absolutely yeah. like and gets com- beaten pillar to post and I he's lucky to get another game and lo and behold the latter occurred. Yeah. So just yeah, get rid of him. Get, get I, again. I get it. Like. Bell Chambers is out for another month or so. Sammy Draper's out for the season. Um, it would have been not. This is why, if you were going to draft anyone in that SSP that happened a few weeks ago, you don't get another midfielder that's now playing in the VFL. You get another Ruckman. Yeah, we do yeah. a Richmond and draft for next year. Well, you do. <laughs> you could. Yeah, if you're in a position to do that, for sure. Yeah. But uh, it was just. Mind-boggling. Anyway, that was my that's my villain. <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately, you've got uh, that villain to enjoy for probably a few weeks yet. Um, Yay! Well, <laughs> just just for every all the listeners out there, don't be surprised if he comes up again <laughs> and again and again. <laughs> we'll just lock him in for the next three weeks and yeah. and then every, we'll every just... if he's every time he plays a game, will just be he'll be my villain. No, <laughs> Blanket sort of veto like we did with Jaden Stevenson because it's the <laughs> yeah yeah oh, yeah true 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 yeah he'll be in the survival first aid kits ad read so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it brings me to my hero um probably somewhat like Brent's decision to go with the the lions I went with the doggies um I just thought the team that's twelfth knocking off the ladder leaders and the, and a team that's arguably everyone thinks is just going to waltz into a top two spot. Um, they came to Marvel and for one reason, they're my hero because we go on about how the doggies are so good at Marvel and they just kind of vindicated us in that. Um, yes. Thank you very much. (laughs) So they've, they've backed up that and we can continue to say that. Um, the I other reason is, to, I was going to, I was planning to say that for the rest of the season, even, if, honest, yeah. even if they lost, yeah, really we'd lose a draw. Oh yeah, and they're still, they're still really good at Marvel. They just came up against Geelong, you know, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but the thing was, they, um, yeah, I think they were three, three or so goals down um, for quite a few points in the game. There's, there's, they, they never hit the front until I think just under halfway through the last quarter, and. When they did, they was just surging, and they ended up getting out to a 16-point win. And and one of the other things they did is it was perfect conditions, obviously, under the roof at Marvel. And they somehow managed to get Geelong to kick seven goals, 13. which Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Somewhat unheard of for Geelong this year, and I can only mm. put it down to the pressure because um, yeah. Geelong's just been so accurate in front of goal. So uh, to Norton, who kicked four, Bont, McRae, and Hunter were just brilliant. Uh, the Dogs have got some real winnable fixtures, and I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't knocking on the eight. Surprisingly, well, several weeks ago, I would have been shocked by that, but now I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they start pushing. Yeah, we sort of hope so, so because given how good they were three years ago, and they've just sort of yep. fallen off the face of the earth, to see them back in finals would be good because we can see how much damage they do. Yeah. Well, and, and it was in the game where they just kind of flicked a switch and turned into that 2016 Bulldogs. And in that yeah. fourth quarter, they were just just everywhere, just quick handballs. And um, I don't know if they can adopt that and do it for four quarters every week, they may go on and well, they're not they're not going to win the flag. I'm going to call that now, but they may go on yeah. and beat 
some teams that they should be beating. They do, yeah. yeah, they'll yeah. they'll be a team that you don't want to face yeah. in the finals. That's right. Yeah. So it brings me to my villain, and I was thinking about this this week because I had quite a few villains, and I've already slagged off my team in several times in the the lead up to this podcast. But uh, I've actually gone with the media that are just trying to get low low like low hanging fruit and just real cheap um, clicks, I guess. Um, yeah, for well, one, wait, it's, it's taken us what sixteen weeks to finally get around to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's okay for us because we don't get paid to do this. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. yet. We, we aren't we aren't given a full time gig to go out and actually chase stories. Whereas, yeah. so just over the week, so this isn't footy related, but it's bringing me to my footy related one. Is um just last week we saw Wimbledon kick off, and uh. Nick Kyrgios was playing Thompson on one of the nights at the same time or just before Ashley Barty was playing. Um, and so they kicked that game off. Obviously, the men play five sets. They started that beforehand. And I think it was the third set when Ashley Barty's game kicked off. So they were showing Kyrgios and Thompson. And then when it got to the fourth set, they switched channels and showed uh, Ashley Barty in her second set, which in a women's game is the final set if she's winning. Um, and so they showed the yeah, second so, yeah, best of three. So she'd already won the first and she was pretty much just dominating the second. Um, so they – and the funny thing was Kyrgios and Thompson were actually – it was really entertaining because Kyrgios was actually in good spirits and Thompson was absolutely fuming. So it was it was a kind huh. of spectacle that I didn't expect. You kind of, you're kind of thinking yeah, Kyrgios is going to be the yeah. guy going ballistic. Thompson's probably going to be chill. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was funny, but then – then they went, showed the Barty end of the game, and then they flicked back in the fifth set to Kyrgios and Thompson. The next day, the media makes this massive uproar about how he didn't pay enough respect to the world number one Australian tennis player, when, in fact, Kyrgios and Tom Thompson are two Australian players, and they did their best to balance it, and Channel 7 copped a fair bit for the fact that they didn't show the entire Barty game in which they actually showed half of it, and she was belting the other chick anyways. Who's so, um, is that, though? Who's, I, you know, like, if it's they're both scheduled at the same time. You know yeah. whose fault it is? It's men's fault. Yeah. It's men's fault <laughs> all the time. It's it's all our men. It's all our fault, men. It's sort of like when the AFL scheduled two games at the same time and then people criticise them for putting two games on at the same time. Yeah. 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 And I, th- I thought Channel 7 did a really good job. They only had one channel showing it, which was maybe the problem. I don't know what their agreement was. But they did flick between the two, and we missed the whole fourth set, which which was when Thompson was coming back to draw level 2-2. So you could argue that that was probably more critical to watch than Barty just cruising her way to a victory. But they, yeah. they balanced it as best they could. But they still copped it. And Kyrgios is going to draw higher ratings anyway. So from oh, a course. viewership standpoint, more yeah. people are going to watch him. <clears throat> I mean, he's, he's, not, he's probably not as good as a, of a tennis player as Barty is, but he's he's... Got that? He's no, but he's he because he does have those yeah. emotional outbursts. He's going to be a lot more entertaining off the the court, um, as oh, well as yeah. on the court. Yeah, uh, it, it so, was massive, massively entertaining. And the fact it was two Australians in one game or yeah, one match, and it was nail biter as well. Yeah, yeah, and it went to the fifth. So I don't know. I thought that was dumb. But then just after that, over the weekend, the story comes out that um, Jordan Degoe was caught on his phone while he's behind the wheel of a car. And 
The, Which I'm pretty sure this... like ninety percent of the population has done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, how does this even become a story? Like, I can understand if he's done something really, really stupid, but <laughs> really, the guy, the guy writing it was probably doing it. He was probably writing the story at the wheel of the car. So it's really funny probably, like, when yeah. that happened because I was thinking as well. I don't know if you guys know because he plays for North Melbourne, but did you know Who? Ben Cunnington has racked up? four striking charges this year. Yep. And I at any just... point, the MRO can suspend him. Yep. I would, yep. did actually read that. Oh. He, he, his last offence was a $5,000 yeah, fine. but you know, like, Jordan Degoe got caught driving a car. Yeah. He got caught driving <laughs> a car. Collingham, so that's the story. Yeah. 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 So I just thought, that's, I, I'm sick of these little cheap non-stories that are coming out. Um, Like, yeah. actually go and... Go and do something if you're paid to do it. Don't don't get this stuff that no one really cares about. It's almost like they're um the journos, especially for the AFL, are um told to by the people upstairs to go, Okay, anything you can make a story out of, do it. Yeah. It was my it was the exact same I mean, not the exact same, but that was my grievance with the Fantasia Fantasia um story. Is that there was it was He's written as fact. It was basically it was basically them going. Okay, there's there's a chance he could leave or not leave in the in at some point <laughs> yeah. in the future. Yeah. There's your story. It's like what? That's that's not a story. That's that is absolutely nothing. You can neither confirm yeah. nor deny that he may or may not at some point possibly or not leave or stay. Yeah. Either now or in the future. And could and yeah, could yeah. potentially, but maybe not, go to Adelaide. Unlike, unlikely, likely. It, or at some stage in the next 15 years, may retire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I don't know. The, the cheap stories, I just I can't stand it. So any of the media involved in that are my villain for the week. I'll take that. Yeah. Which yep. brings us to our redraft. So I hope you guys got yours done this week. I, um, yeah, I've got mine open in front of Ben, so he's probably read it and been spoiled. <laughs> um, I've, I, I, I have glanced, but I've tried to, uh, not remember anything seen, I've he's seen. He's probably seen my contentious pick one. So I did see that. Not, I'm not going to, I'm not saying anything. I'm not even, I'm not even going to make a comment yet. I'm not saying anything. I don't want to spoil, no spoilies, no spoilies. So, so the funny thing is I was actually doing this and for anyone actually listening, <laughs> we got, we got the two thousand. Yeah, I realized what I'd said. I meant for anyone out there listening that isn't aware of last week, we chose to do the two thousand and fifteen AFL draft. We're redrafting that, and this is probably the one where, I, as I was doing it, I was like, I could expect to have the most differences to you guys in this draft because yeah. yeah, it's not a very it's, good draft to be honest. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I was going through it. And I'm like, okay, I probably I might have one or two similar. To, to you guys, but yeah. everything else is a is a but free you for all. I sort of went through, and I was just like, you know, if you could have your pick, if you could pick ten players at all from any draft, like none of them would be to me in your top ten. Probably, yeah. mm, probably not. Whereas the two thousand and one was two thousand, yeah, two thousand one draft. The super, all be in my yeah, the, the super, super, super draft, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't enough. There, yeah, you'd yeah. probably get the first. You'd probably I'd get be have like the AFL for an extra priority pick. Yeah, so you'd be, pick eleven of them. Well, I'd be wanting to have like <laughs> I'd be wanting like an extra five to ten pro, yeah. like priority picks just so I could pick as many as I could. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> who who would like to kick us off? Are we going ten to one again? Yeah, we can do ten, yeah, to, 10 one. to one. We can we can. I wanted to go last to build up the suspense, but Ben's saying half of it. But I, I, I don't mind. <laughs> I can go. I can go first. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I'll go second, then Brent can go last yeah. and bring it home. Yeah. I, I don't mind kicking off the contentious. I have come. I have come very prepared for he, once. He has said I'm, that multiple times before the podcast recording. Um. All right. So pick ten. I have uh, Tom Ardudade. Um. <laughs> You just wanted to say I, it. I, yeah. Mainly because I wanted to say that. Yeah. Yep, for That's sure. Fair, fair. Yep. Uh, pick nine, I have Charlie Kerno. Yeah. Because he is actually starting to come in, come into yeah. form. Um, uh, pick eight, I have Harry Himmelberg. It was a toss, uh, I, I was tossing up between the two of them um, and then looked at the stats, and Himmelberg is sort of edging out Kerno at the moment in terms of, like, you know, goals and... Um, vastly superior team. He's, that is yeah. true, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's also there's also been times where Himmelberg has actually been the forward, yeah. even when you have a Cameron there or a Green yeah. there or something like that. So you know, um, pick seven, I had Darcy Parish. Uh, same reason for Kerno. He's actually like this season. He mm. you've seen him really blossom into that sort of hard nosed midfielder. Um, pick six, I had Tom Papley, uh, mainly because from what I saw last week and the times that Essendon have played Sydney and Papley's been in the team. I've been like, I not liked Papley. Hence why I've put him in there. Cause if I don't like him, then clearly he's a very good player. Um, <laughs> if he played for Essendon, he'd be really like, no, no pick two pick or something five. like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, pick five. I went with Alex Keith. Uh, I do actually quite rate him as a defender over in Adelaide. Um, him and Talia, very good duo. Uh, pick four, I went with Daniel Rioli because everyone needs a Rioli. Yeah, every team needs a Rioli. Um, and Damn, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? In like five, ten years or so, he, he, we might look back and go, how did I not have him as pick one? Um, pick, However, pick three, I went with Callum Mills because um, he's just really, he's already really good. Uh, but pick two uh, went Eric Hipwood um, because he, yeah, he, it's yeah, it's, he, he's he's a really good forward already, and he's only going to get better, um, which is scary. Uh, but pick one, um, I have a very big soft spot for hard nosed um, and reliable captains who sort of just drag their team across the line. So I went with Jay Gresham. Who's not a captain? Is he? No. I've got that completely wrong. Then you've just <laughs> got a soft spot for old Gresham, don't you? I do. Yeah, I do. Gresham, I've got. That's I've fine. got a soft spot for Gresham. <laughs> he's still a really good player. Like he's he's that good of a player. I thought he was the captain for yeah. St Kilda. There you go. Darren Geary. That's the one I was thinking <laughs> of. I knew it was a JG somewhere. <laughs> what? Do you know that St Kilda have eight jacks? Eight jacks now. Eight. Wow. They just, right. they're just so many, the so piece. many, so many jacks that they might as well just be drunk all the time. Yeah, I was trying to find Jade Gresham in the list of players, and it was like Jack, 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 Jack. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like that's it. My, I, that's my uh, contentious AFL mm, redraft. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like this week, even if I don't have half those, I'd, I'd still allow it because it's just so open. Yeah. Yeah. So um. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll rush through mine. In pick 10, I've got Callum Mills. Um, hasn't had a yeah. cracking year this year, but is an absolute jet. So it's hard to not have him higher. Yeah. Uh, pick pick nine is Ryan Burton. Um, yeah. I I do like his versatility. Uh, as yeah, as you Ryan said, Burton I nearly had in there. I I I, I probably should have put him in there over Ardudar Day, but hey, Ardudar Day. Yeah, Ryan Burton Hawthorne, I probably would have had a little higher, but. Um, yeah. Pick eight, I've got Daniel Rioli because, as you said, if you want to win a flag, put one of those in your team. Um, yep. Pick seven is Sam Menegola. So yeah. I don't know if that counts, <laughs> but but he barely got oh. games elsewhere, so I kind of thought Geelong picking him was a damn good pick. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's that's again games at Geelong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was in a r- amazing vein of form, but now he's been kind of squeezed out by the guys who have come in and then have just week on Stayed week. In. Like Brian Gr- yeah. Myers has just not yeah. even let up. There's been no chance yeah. for him to push back in. Yeah. Uh, but on his day, Sam Menegola can be an absolute jet. Uh, pick six is Jacob Weedering. Um, he's eighth in the competition for one percenters and intercepts. So mm-hmm. I just thought he's. Like he's playing at Carlton, so his life's pretty hard. But he's doing a good enough if job of it. For a better team, we'd care about him a bit more. Yeah, that is yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. And it, I guess his teammate, as uh, Ben's gone with before. So I've got Charlie Kerno because I feel like I, that's that's pick five. I feel like I'd happily build a forward line around Charlie Kerno. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. And the same around this next bloke, pick four, Hipwood, which I think you had yep. somewhere around there as well. Um, yeah, either two. one of those, just build that build that forward line around either one and I'd be more than happy. Pick three. Both uh, of them and you'd be laughing. (laughs) Pick three. I've gone with, uh, not to spite anyone, but Clayton Oliver. Um, (laughs) Average. That's a bit high up, isn't it? It, It's a bit, it's a bit, that's more of a, it should be more of a pick 30 than a pick three. (laughs) Well, he's averaging 31 disposals a game, six tackles and fourth in the competition for clearances. But, my issue is is the number one clangers player in the AFL. So yeah. Yeah. that's why I couldn't have him any higher than the other boys. And it's Clayton Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I try to take emotion out of my decision. <laughs> <laughs> no, you put it in there. You you shove it in there as far as you can. Just over emote over everything. Sorry. Oh, it's a good time. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit emotional there. Moving on. So pick two, I've gone with... Uh, the Western Bulldogs, Josh Dunkley, 26 disposals oh. a game, six tackles, and he got nine tackles in the win over the Geelong. Um, very underrated considering who's plays around him. So yeah. Josh Dunkley's a solid player. And then my favourite, who probably is one of the he's – not, he's not a weak cog, but he's one of the weaker cogs in their midfield, and it'll be Jacob Hopper for the uh, the Giants. Um, no, and absolutely. Yep. Absolute bull in the in there getting the ball, and in in such a short amount of time he's just come on so strong and he's getting twenty six disposals a game, four tackles. He's ninth in the comp for clearances and seventh for contested possession. So, um, yeah, Jacob Hopper's an absolute superstar. Given that he has to try and look better than Cornelio and Kelly. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> no, I I'd take that ten. Um. So, yeah, I just had to change my 10 after you said Josh Dunkley <laughs> to get him in. I totally forgot about him. So, pick yeah. 10 is Josh Dunkley. 
So that's that's, that's a surprise. I didn't yeah. even see that happen. So there you go. Pick um, <laughs> nine. I've gone um, Callum Mills. So I've sort of gone into this thinking if everyone's all these players' career ended tomorrow. So basing yep. solely off what they've achieved up until this point, which is why I'm very very angry about who have taken a pick one. Anyway, <laughs> the Callum Mills to pick nine. I just think that there's at times he hasn't come on as much as we like may have thought of he may have by now and it just seems but i mean that's yeah. sort of sydney's form this year he's sort of a tease at times and then other times is a gun and yeah, i think totally he's played out of position a fair bit to well, be fair yeah. to him but yeah um, sure. he, he plays where um sydney have needed him essentially yeah, a guy in a similar boat but he plays in a terrible team charlie kerner at pick eight so yep. he's a tease at his best He's really exciting to watch. At his worst, which is, or at his average, which is fairly often, unfortunately, he's a massive tease, and I'm just mm. waiting for it to all sort of click. But it would help yeah. if he was in a better team, I think. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Burton at seven. Um, yep. Second year Blues are well past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jade Gresham at pick six. He was not as good as out, output this year, but that's. Symptomatic of his team as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah. And he's also sort of playing a bit more in the midfield. He's spending a lot, like splitting his time a lot more rather than spending time up forward where he was really, really damaging last year. Gone. Eric here put at five for the reasons everyone else has said. Yep. Tom Papley at four for pretty much the reasons everyone said. Um, <laughs> Jacob Weedering at three because, like I said before, I think we'd hear a lot more about him if he played in a better team. Yeah. But it'd sort of, it'd think he'd feel a bit sort of annoyed that Kerno and Mackay both sort of get more attention than him, but he's probably ahead of both of them. And even yeah. Jack Silvani, because of his name, people talk about him a lot more, but he barely even plays. That is true. Yeah. It might Whereas be a Weedering's only had Yeah, Weedering's only really had one bad year, and that was, I think, his second year, or his might have been last year. But he's been in a yeah. terrible team since he got there. Yeah, yeah. And um, at least, at least the pressure's on those other blokes, I guess, for Weedering. Yeah, now. there's none on him. Yeah, yeah, because there would have been massive pressure on him, but now it's kind of, I don't know, released Charlie. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, which is good for him. Yeah. So pick two, I've gone. Uh, I knew no one would pick him because he plays for Gold Coast. I've gone Braden Fiorini. Yes, I wow. had him in my. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hang on a minute. He's he's a, he's that good, yet he still plays for Gold Coast. Yeah. And um, I've gone... Does he know um, that there are other teams out there? Right? <laughs> I've gone the contentious pick one in Clayton Oliver. Yes! Uh, a guy who, This doesn't make any sense to me. But, okay. A guy who has benefited very, very much from having Max gone tap it down his throat. I would be very <laughs> interested to see how good he is playing for, like, I don't know, Essendon. Is that Clark? Zach Clark, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tapping it down the opposition's throat. Oh, yeah. okay. Like as much as I don't like Clayton Oliver, not as much as Brent doesn't like Clayton Oliver, but as much as I don't like Clayton Oliver, <laughs> to see, I just, I would love to see that happen. Like just have Clayton Oliver in the Essendon team for a game with Zach Clark, <laughs> yeah. just to see it happen. Just to see. Yeah. So I sort of brought up, I compared Braden Fiorini and Clayton Oliver sort of directly, which is hard because they're two different kinds of players. Clayton Oliver gets a lot of the ball in the middle and distributes. Semi well to his teammates. Braden Fiorini's yeah. a lot more on the outside, so Clayton which Oliver's means he doesn't get the ball twice as amount of, twice the amount of games. So he's a fair bit ahead of him in terms of experience. 
Yeah. But Fiorini kicks the ball more often. He only, over his career, he averages 23 disposals. Oliver averages 28. Fiorini yeah. averages more marks, scores at the same rate, slightly less tackles, but he does less on the inside. Pretty much the same amount inside 50s goal assists, which is impressive given that Clayton Oliver played in the top scoring side last year and Braden Fiorini has played for Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the not um, top scoring. Yeah. And yet Clayton Oliver's still your number one. Um, gets less contested possessions or gets more on the outside. Disposal efficiency is 65%. It's 53 this year, so he's not very good, but a lot of AFL players aren't very good. Disposal <laughs> efficiency. I mean, you look at the players we consider the top five and they're all in the 60s. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, He's good in that respect, I guess. Clearances are well below, but again... He's, he's Play a, is in a different position. Yeah. Tech, kind of. <laughs> well, you said um, he was an outside midfielder, yeah. supposed to be inside. So, so his clearances are down. He actually gets more metres gained despite getting less of the ball. Huh. And over his career, he turns the ball over more, but not anymore. Oh, the, I wanted to compare him this year to sort of get an idea. Fiorini averages 27 touches. Oliver, 31. Fiorini's still up in marks, higher in scoring, same amount of tackles. Roughly the same amount of inside 50s. Fiorini has more goal assists. Still behind in contested possessions, but ahead in uncontested. Which, I mean, you'd want to be. Far less clangers. Time on ground percentage is less and still has more metres gained. Huh. Yeah, right. um, so I think he's just unheralded because he plays for Gold Coast. But, yeah. yeah, I picked Oliver at one just solely based off the body of work if it ended tomorrow. Yeah, has been very impressive. But how much do you hate yourself right now? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I almost just didn't pick him out of spite, but it was like, you can't, yeah, it's hard yeah. not to. Yeah, I, did. <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw his name and went, yeah, no, you're going nowhere near my ten, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right, yeah, well that's our. Uh, do you wonder how good they would be if they didn't have the team that's around them? The team that's around them, yeah, or yeah. the ruckman that hits it to them. Yeah, yeah, all well, that too, yeah. 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 Well, that's our 2015 draft redraft. So, throw your thoughts out there if you uh if you agree with it, if you disagree with it. I guess if you disagree with one, you probably agree with the other because we're all pretty different. Um, but whose turn is it to pick next week's? I think, I think it's, it's Brent. I think it's mine. I thought it was yeah, Brent. Uh, I'm just gonna have a quick look. <laughs> <laughs> I may just have to like pick one at random. That's right. Then I've let's go. That's what I've done. I'm just gonna Google it as I pick it. Let's go 2000. And, have we done 2004? No. Let's go we, 2004. We, I was gonna say the only even numbered year we've done so far is 08. Yeah, cool. So that makes it a bit easier. Oh, 2004. That's the um. That's the Buddy Franklin one, isn't it? Uh, so is it? Deledio, Roughhead. Brian Griffin, what a top three! Ooh, they got them right. Uh, Richard Tambling four, Franklin yeah. fifth. Yeah, I was going to say Jordan, Tambling went ahead of Frank. Jordan Lewis. Oh, that's good. Uh, Lyndon Dunn. Hey, Angus Monfries is up there. Excellent. Angus Monfries. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Van Berlo, Matty Rosar. Sort of uh, Mark Lacroix. There you go. Oh yeah. Travis Cloak. Ivan Marich. Uh. Running out of <laughs> Mark McGough, famously. <laughs> I think it's a different. Oh, uh, Brad Smith. 
uh, you know, for anyone who actually remembers who Brad Smith is. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Um, so the top three is good. Lance Franklin's in there. Would make it yeah. very, very Josh, interesting. Oh, Josh, Josh Gibson, Gibson in the rookie. rookie. Yeah, in the rookie draft. Daniel Pierce, Dale Morris, Heredia Lamamba, John Griffin for our athletic folks out there. <laughs> and Ryan Crowley, Heath Grundy. Josh Drummond. There you go. There's there's some names. Some decent. There's some decent names in there. All right. But yeah, that, top, to that top five is uh, well, aside from one of them, is <laughs> a juicy prospect to look at. Okay. So yeah. So how many of us will have Buddy Franklin as number one? Yeah. So the top ten was Deledio, Ruffhead, Griffin, Tambling, Franklin, Tom Williams, Jordan Lewis, John Meeson, Jordan Russell, Chris Egan. Jeez. So there's a few you'd get rid of and a few you'd take. Yep. Pick one. It'll be fun. But I think. Might be unanimous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's much arguing there. Cool. So, 2004, anyone want to join in with this? We're join all in picking Tambling, right? Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, one, and, two, uh, and obviously, uh, you have uh, Henry Slattery at pick two. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. We'll join in with us next week for the 2004 draft. Um, chuck it up on Facebook if you want to do your own, and we'll comment on it. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts and inspiration, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the and, inspiration in quotation marks. Yeah. and take a dig at our 2015 if you don't agree with it, um, or yeah. even give us some feedback. I was going to say, or do your own. Melbourne fans definitely give us some feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still out there, aren't they? <laughs> it hasn't hit September yeah, yet. They haven't. Got, they haven't gone on holiday yet. They're still travelling back from up the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note that brings us to the end of part one of episode 20 of the fifth quarter podcast for this week so thanks for joining us we will be back on the other side of this break with uh the second part which is a preview of the upcoming round and brave or stupid so and please either some captivating questions as well because we've forgotten this episode yeah that's true yeah well, we'll, we'll do chuck this yeah yeah so it sounds good we'll throw it in there all but the more we'll... reason to listen to next one if, for whatever reason, you're incredibly busy and you don't get to listen to Part B, hopefully you have a great week and enjoy the footy. Enjoy the footy. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the footy.